What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of Be Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Monday, September 12th, 2022. And we're talking about another Cardinals win tonight on the show as Albert Pujols has done it again. The march towards 700 continues and he set that new milestone on Sunday by hitting home run number 697 for his illustrious career. And it was a big one in the context of the game as the Cardinals defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates at PNC Park 4-3 on Sunday afternoon in order to take the series over the weekend 2 out of 3 and to keep sitting pretty in the context of the National League Central standings. As the Milwaukee Brewers, they got another win on Sunday 7-6 over the Reds although that thing got interesting late with the Reds scoring a couple runs in the ninth inning. It was 7-2 at one point, Milwaukee leading that game, but ended up as 7-6. Nevertheless, the Brewers got the win. So for the Cardinals to get theirs, they keep that same distance behind them as they had entering the day. Eight games, the Cardinals stand now on top of the Brewers, and that will be the margin when the two teams take the field at Busch Stadium on Tuesday couple of games between the Cardinals and Brewers this week. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, of course. Wednesday expected to be the big one for Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, where they have the opportunity to break that record with their 325th career start as a starting battery, which will mark the most in MLB history. And that's a Corbin Burns game as it is currently scheduled. So, If they're going to get the best of the Brewers that night, they're going to have to really come out and play some good baseball. As we know, Corbin Burns has given the Cardinals trouble in recent times. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's talk about the game that took place on Sunday and Albert Pujols doing it once again. We'll dive into the context of number 697, how it came to be, how it was critical in terms of the Cardinals' ability to win this game on Sunday, Offense, I I think there are some concerns about where the Cardinals' offense is right now, but it's not October yet, and so there's still time to tweak some things and get back to the full strength that it seemed like a couple of weeks ago they were really firing on all those cylinders. Not a whole lot of reason to panic at this point when you're up eight games, but certainly uh, another day where the offense didn't do a whole lot and you had to sort of claw and scrap your way to a 4-3 win over Pittsburgh. But maybe part of the reason for that was full day off for Nolan Arenado, full day off for Paul Goldschmidt. Get those guys two consecutive days off going into the stretch run of the season. I think that's pretty important. And I like that Ali Marmel, A, was able to do that, and B, was able to do it and still find a way to get his team to victory on Sunday. So we'll talk about the offensive contributions that did come for the Cardinals in Sunday's win. We'll have a discussion about Jose Quintana, I mean, if you compare Jose Quintana, what he did over the weekend and Sunday's start to Jack Flaherty's start earlier in the series, that's kind of the conversation between the number four starter right now if the Cardinals were entering a playoff series this week. And Quintana, for me, has been the more consistent guy. So we'll talk about what things look like on that front and mention some of the notables from Sunday's game. Before we get into the content of the show, we'd like to remind you guys to subscribe to Be Shafe Daily, the podcast on Spotify, and the podcast is on Apple Podcasts. If you've got an iPhone, would love to have your follow, your regular subscription to the show so that you never miss an episode when we drop them. 
as the remainder of the Cardinals season unfolds. So go ahead, head to Apple, Spotify, either of those, and make sure you are locked and loaded moving forward. And to support the show, if you'd like to do so, head on over to patreon.com slash pshafer12, and there you can sign up for a monthly subscription, become a patron, and you'll get some access to some additional goodies down the road as well. But one way to think of it is a nice way to support Shafe Daily. And I did on the Shafe Daily feed, if you caught it on Saturday night heading into Sunday morning, I posted about Saturday's game. So scroll back. That was episode 287 on Shafe Daily discussing the Cardinals win on Saturday over the Pittsburgh Pirates. We talked about, hey, maybe Albert Pujols on Sunday if he gets into the lineup, which he probably will. Maybe he gets that 34th career home run at PNC Park to make it fourth all-time on his home run list, surpassing Minute Maid Park. Hey, that actually happened. So uh, some interesting tidbits from yesterday's show. But I also posted, and I bring up the Patreon and bring up this, a podcast about 20 minutes in length. I was breaking down my against-the-spread picks for week one in the NFL. Going to do some more football content. It'll always be labeled, so if you're just strictly a baseball fan, you're only here for Cardinal stuff, you'll know to avoid those episodes because it'll say it right in the title so you can just skip to the next one or to the previous one, whatever floats your boat. But also, we'll be putting some of that stuff on the Patreon side and would really appreciate your support if you're interested in that kind of stuff because it makes it more worthwhile for me to do it to record those additional episodes but regardless of your involvement in Be Shafe Daily, appreciate you genuinely for being here and listening. So let's hop into the content of the show for tonight as we break down the 4-3 win by the Cardinals over the Pirates on Sunday. This is one of those games, again, where you didn't quite know where the offense was going to come from. That stands to reason a little bit when you take a look at the lineup and you recognize that your two best hitters aren't in it. You've got Corey Dickerson batting third. That would have been unheard of. A few months ago when, man, I mean, even him being on the roster at this point in time probably would have been unheard of for a lot of people considering how poorly things were going for him. But he was batting third in the lineup today. Like I said, I thought it made sense to give Goldschmidt and Arenado that rest. You want those guys fresh and ready to go. And an opportunity to give them two consecutive days is pretty good because the Cardinals do have that off day on Monday heading into the Brewers series. And then you've got a long series, five-gamer over the weekend, sort of a long weekend with it beginning on Thursday. And you play five games in four days. There will be the doubleheader on Saturday. So a lot coming up, and I like that Ollie was able to give those guys the rest. But what that means is the lineup's not going to look as menacing as it otherwise could. Nevertheless, the Cardinals were able to scrape out this win, and you had some contributions from up and down the order in terms of guys getting on base, guys getting base hits. Edmund was in that second spot in the lineup, goes two for four, scores a run. Dickerson was one for four with a run scored in an RBI. We'll get to Pujols a little more in depth momentarily. Uh, Lars Newtbar batting a little bit down in the lineup. We've seen some struggles from him, but he's starting to maybe turn that corner a little bit once again. I liked his day one for two with two walks, so he's on base three times, and he was wielding the pepper. The pepper grinder has become a significant fixture in the Cardinals' dugout over the weekend in Pittsburgh. Evidently, the team had an outing, a dinner of some sort that involved a number of the Cardinals players, and I don't know if they stole this pepper grinder or they took it with permission, whatever the case was. It now seems to be a fixture, and Lars was grinding away on it after the Albert Pujols home run in today's game. So that's kind of fun. Lars Newbar 
I like the way that he has just sort of been the heart and soul in terms of providing some energy out of the dugout. He's a young guy. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he's a genuine guy. I really think he's a plus as a fixture on this Cardinals team. And uh, I enjoy that fans are getting a chance to really consistently see what he's all about and uh, having a good time getting the guys going. The pepper grinder is just the latest way uh, to do that. And got to be honest, when I found out it was pepper, they were grinding pepper. It wasn't any other motion that could have been misconstrued. I was actually a little bit relieved. So it's good. The pepper grinder, that's wholesome family fun. Who who could have any problem with that? But Lars Newpar, again, on base three times today. The Cardinals would love to be able to get him and trust him back in those top spots in the order because things were really clicking when he was up there. Uh, but for today, a little lower in the lineup, and, and it worked out all as well. So we'll see what Newpar is able to put together as time goes on here, winding down the season. Tyler O'Neill was in the lineup as well today, and he goes one for four and ends up being a big swing, a swing that got his OPS up to 700 for the season. You like and appreciate seeing that. How did it come to be? Well, that was all in the ninth inning for the Cardinals after they were trailing 2 nothing, They go the first eight innings of this game, and it just seems like it's going to be one of those days that they don't get the job done. But how many times have we felt that way this season for the Cardinals? And then, kind of out of nowhere, they put together a rally. That's the way it went in the ninth inning. Tommy Edmond leads off with a double. Tommy two bags. And boy, has that been getting a lot of attention. I'm not saying I started the Tommy two bags thing. You could go back on Twitter and you can find instances of other people saying it before I said it. So I am totally... Uh, people say, hey, they're using your phrase on the on the broadcast. No, it's not really my phrase. I did try to popularize it because I do think it's fun. And uh, now it seems to be everywhere. I saw there were T-shirts being made uh, by by one of those T-shirt companies that you might see across social media. So very cool. But he, he does well with the namesake by doubling. Tommy Edmond does in the top of the ninth inning. Corey Dickerson trades places with him a double. And now things are really cooking and who else but Albert ready to really make it happen? It sizzles with really an opposite field home run. It was to center, right center, and that's PNC Park. Not a lot of fans there. You can see in the video a few guys or guys and gals, like three people, four people, diving over the seat to try to get the ball, and the person that gets it raises it up and is really excited. Pretty sure it was a Pirates fan, though, and I think Jeff Jones tweeted out he was in Pittsburgh this weekend that – the group of fans, a couple of fans uh, that, that did appear to be wearing Pirates gear, they got a chance to go meet Albert. They wanted to give the ball back to him, and he said, nah, you keep it. It probably means more to you guys than it does to me. I don't know if that's a slight to, like, Alex Rodriguez to say, I don't care about specifically number 697 to get to fourth all-time on the Major League home run list. I don't know that that's the case. Maybe it's just a case of I've got so many artifacts and pieces of memorabilia from my career that this one doesn't necessarily hold any extra esteem than than some of the others that I already have and, and thought in the moment that that would be the nice thing to do a, a good gesture and also evidently Albert signed some additional baseballs for uh for those folks so that was really cool of him didn't have to do that I do wonder though I mean what do you think the the Pirates fans do with the baseball the the people that got it and Albert I mean, they did the right thing, the gracious thing, in saying, hey, this is the ball that you hit to pass Alex Rodriguez on the all-time list. There's only three people now in, in the game that's ever done what you've done and hit more home runs than you. It's Babe Ruth. That's a big name. Hank Aaron, pretty big name. Barry Bonds. 
big name. Obviously, there's some other thoughts attached to him. But, I mean, those are three titans of the sport. And Albert Pujols is right there on the list, number four all time. But my question would be, what would you do with the baseball? Like, I'm not even asking, would you offer it back to Pujols or would you try to hold it for ransom? I guess in this case, if you if you had been one of those folks who, and you see this on social media from time to time, like last year it was the Tom Brady touchdown ball that Mike Evans inadvertently threw into the stands or whatever, and then it was going to be his last touchdown ball. And then, of course, it's, it's not because he decided to unretire after 40 days. But that ball was supposed to sell at auction or did sell at auction for like $600,000 or something insane back when we thought Tom Brady was going to remain retired. And then I think it all got canceled and, and everybody was cool about it once he said, actually, I want to keep playing football because you'd be a poor sap if you were stuck with that thing. But Albert, we know he's retiring at the end of the season. I don't think he's going to pull a Tom Brady or a Michael Jordan and go back on that at any point following 2022. So these mementos are, I mean, this is this is what you got. There isn't going to be a home run ball 715 for Albert Pujols to pass Babe Ruth. That's not coming. 756 ain't coming. And I guess what's Barry Bonds? 762. So there is no 763 on the way. Isn't it weird that because of the steroids and everything that's happened, I remember, you know, baseball fans, I feel like maybe feel this way as well. Remember Babe Ruth, 714. Remember Hammering Hank Aaron, 755. It took me a minute to even register. Okay, Barry Bonds, what did he finish up with? You don't even think as much about that number. But for Albert Pujols, getting to 700 would be pretty substantial. And maybe that's what he's got in mind. With giving away 697, he's thinking, I want 700. That's the ball that I want, and it's coming. It's going to happen. I posed the question yesterday, does it happen before September 18th? Because that's the final game of the upcoming homestand. I say unequivocally, yes, at this point it does. I think he gets it done at Bush Stadium. That's the way that it's supposed to be. He's going to be in the lineup every day. I really feel that way. Maybe not against Corbin Burns on Wednesday. Uh, you know, there's going to be enough nostalgia, enough sentiment going on there with the Wainwright Yachty start. So maybe that's the one day he's not in there. But if you're Ollie Marmel, I feel like you you kind of owe it to Cardinals fans here. If this was a tie game, a tie division sort of situation, maybe that's different. But first of all, you owe it to Cardinals fans to say, if we've got a chance to let Albert do this at home, that is the way that this needs to be done. Because I think we've gone from, is he going to do it, to when is he going to do it? It looks like it's going to happen. I mean, he's three away, guys, and still three weeks left of baseball to be played. So it would be... I, just the role that he's on, it would be very surprising to me at this point. I am I am 95% that he does get to 700. And that's a number that has gone up and up and up over the course of uh, the last month plus. I, at first, I just didn't believe that it was possible. And then you start doing the math and you go, well, shoot, every time he hits one, it just becomes more crystallized and obvious the way that this is going to happen. To where when he hit the one on Saturday, I said, is he doing this, not, not is he doing it, but is he doing it before the end of the game on September 18th? Because that, to me, is becoming the operative question. Because you're going on a lengthy, lengthy road trip after that game against the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. San Diego, Los Angeles, and then two at Milwaukee before you come back for, I believe it's just that one series with Pittsburgh. So if you want to get it done at home, I feel like it has to happen this week. I think he's got to come up with three in the same week. And 
that's maybe a lot to ask for considering he just hit two. So it would really be five in sort of a, a nine day, 10 game span or nine day, nine game span because there's the off day on Monday. So that would be a pretty substantial number. But at this point, nothing should really surprise us, right? I mean, with what he's done to get to this point, there was a time this year that the notion of 21 home runs this season, which is what it will take to get him to 700 for the career, that would have just been silliness. It was not even on the radar. And then the All-Star game happened. He was launching home runs at Dodger Stadium in the Derby, and suddenly it was like he found something. He's a new hitter. Brewers have not announced a pitcher for Tuesday. I'm wondering if it even matters. I mean, I think you got to find a way to get Albert in that lineup. Maybe he's in there against Corbin Burns as well. But you look at some of the the possibilities. I mean, you face the Reds coming up over the weekend. Um, I'm checking ahead right now to try and see what some of those pitching matchups could look like if there's anything more favorable, favorable than another. But at the same time, you get the home run off of JT Brubaker on Saturday. That's a right-handed pitcher. So it's not like he's incapable of doing it. And that's the other aspect of this. Albert Pools is helping the Cardinals win games. This home run that he hit today was to go ahead 3-2 to two in a game you had been trailing 2 nothing since the 7th. You'd been trailing in the game since the third inning when the Pirates got their first run on the board. So it's not, again, it's not sentiment. It's not the nostalgia bowl. It's like Albert Pujols in 2022 is helping you win games because he's got an OPS of 866, which is one of the highest marks on the team. So I think that's part of this calculation here when you consider how should the Cardinals handle it coming up this week. I think it's pretty easy. You handle it by continuing to play him. Chase DeYoung, it's a guy that he homered off of on Sunday, right-handed pitcher. No relation, by the way, to Paul. He separates the first part of the last name and the second part. It's it's a two-parter. D-E space Young. J-O-N-G. And bingo was his name. That doesn't make any sense. But again, two days in a row, homering off a right-handed pitching. To me, it doesn't matter. Eight games up. The Cardinals are not losing this division. I already called it done and dusted. So I'm not going back on that. You might as well put Albert in there every day that he doesn't need a rest because you don't want him in there if he's not going to be able to be healthy enough, be ready enough to homer because that's why everybody's showing up. That's what I'm saying. I think he might get it this week. I'm 95% sure he does it overall, and I'm a good, oh boy, I'm a good 60 70% that it's going to happen in the next week. I am a total convert. I am a believer in what he has been putting down, and it's been something to behold. But that maybe that's what he's doing with the baseball. But I wonder, what would you do with the baseball? Albert gives you that baseball back. Do you sell it? Because maybe that 697, I'm not saying it's going to be a Tom Brady $600,000 touchdown ball. I don't think that's the case. But some of these baseballs, I mean, you're getting hefty five figures for some of these things. So, if you're not a Cardinals fan, I mean, maybe as a Cardinals fan, you say, oh, I'm keeping it. Maybe as a Cardinals fan, you say, oh, I'm selling it if I can get 50 grand for it. And I don't know what the market on that would, would really be. But sometimes you, you see people holding them hostage or 
the conversation of, oh, it's not enough to just get a signed jersey and a meet and greet and a picture and a, and a bunch of goodies. He'll give you his, his cleats or his jersey off his back or whatever. That's not enough. You could really get some good scratch for that. I think that's up to the individual person. Like, I couldn't fault anybody for saying, eh, maybe I could make some life-changing money off of this thing. But I also love the idea of good karma and being gracious with something. And that's what I like about the way it worked out for those fans in Pittsburgh today. They did they did the gracious thing, didn't have to, and Albert ends up saying, keep the ball, and here's some other stuff for uh, for your trouble, which I thought was pretty cool. Three baseballs left before the one that really counts, 700. I've seen some conversation where people say, I don't want to see Zach Hample get that ball. If you're familiar with Zach Hample, he's a guy that goes around all the games. I'm sure he will be, and, and he, you know, he catches a ton, ton of balls, kind of has a reputation. Some say he pushes people out of the way, pushes kids out of the way. I don't know that I've ever seen that, but uh, certainly social media gets on his case a little bit. He does give away a lot of the balls that he has, but doesn't matter wherever you come down on Zach Hample. The point is, I, I think I'd rather see it in the hands of, uh, you know, just a, a happenstantial fan getting the ball and, and having that be a more organic moment than kind of a ball hawk who, who goes to all these games and has his ways of, of figuring it out. But number 700 could be interesting this year. Aaron Judge, depending on what his home run total ends up at, that could be one that is sought after. If he can get to the 61, 62 mark, we get conversations now of what's the real home run record. I mean, it's it's still what Barry Bonds did, unfortunately, but that's the reality. That's the most home runs. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think for Yankees fans, the notion of Aaron Judge getting to 62 would be big. But Aaron Judge even said Barry Bonds is the, the record holder. It's not Roger Maris. It's not Mark McGuire. Those, it's not Sammy Sosa. I mean, those guys had fewer home runs, so that's the nature of it. But up to 55 homers for Aaron Judge. So, I mean, it's definitely plausible that he gets to, to 62, which is pretty cool. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But I was just kind of curious, you know, what, what would people want to do with the baseball? I don't really figure I could get into that situation myself, given kind of my role. And I'm at, you know, I've I've been at empty ballparks before and during batting practice, I go, oh, there's a foul ball. I, I could go grab that right now. But it's like a different situation now than when I was just like a fan and would be like, oh man, I want to get a foul ball. I always wanted to get a foul ball and like actually physically be the one to catch it. And then you end up fast forwarding all the way to spring training Shoot, what was this last year? I was wearing like Sperry's. I was wearing, I had like a button down shirt on and all that good stuff. And it was hot as hell down in Florida. I forget who hit the ball. I think it might have been Munoz. So this might have been a couple of years ago. But they were on those backfields doing a live BP. And somebody hit a clear home run. And so I was standing beyond the left field ball. I'm like, oh, I can track this and catch it barehanded. This is going to be my moment. And I tracked it, I tracked it, I tracked it, and I kept, I just I didn't get on my horse enough. I was a half step shy of being able to to palm that thing. I would have felt so good about that. Vindicated for a lifetime of not being able to catch my own fly ball, foul ball. I did catch one on the eye once at a River City's uh, River City Rascals game in O'Fallon, which is right by where I live now. But uh, that was not exactly my proudest moment. Not something you really brag about. I did get a shiner on that one. And my baseball coach said, uh, you can still play in the game, but you got to bat last. Like we had a Little League game, you know, that week. 
said, you got to bat last. You got to bat left-handed because I was switch hitting at the time. And you got to play right field because we don't want you to be a detriment to the team. I said, all right, coach, I appreciate you letting me play. Even though I caught a ball with my eye at a semi-pro baseball game. Nevertheless, kind of an interesting sidetrack. I enjoy the stories about what happens to these pieces of memorabilia. I'm in on that kind of stuff. But for Albert, number 700, that's the one that you'll really want to track and see what happens with that. And I do think it ends up happening, and I, I think there's a good chance it ends up happening at home. You see enough mediocre pitchers with the Cincinnati Reds over a five-game span. I think Albert will be in the lineup for four of those at least. I don't see any reason he can't DH for both of the games of the doubleheader Saturday if he's close. And maybe that's the way they sort of determine this and his playing time and what that looks like moving forward. If he's close and you go into the weekend and say, oh, he's at 698, or if he gets to 99 before Saturday, he just has to play in every game because you have – that shot, you're one away from getting it there. It'll be interesting. If he's going into Saturday with 699 and you've got a doubleheader, I can't wait to see what the attendance looks like at both games because typically a doubleheader, you don't necessarily think they're both going to sell out. But on a weekend, and with that going on, I think it's going to be a different story. People are going to be packing the ballpark this weekend. It's going to be interesting. Three more for Albert. We'll see if he gets there. But specific to the game on Sunday, it was a big swing. It really was. That four-run ninth that put the Cardinals from down two to up two ends up getting the 4-3 to three win. Tyler O'Neill was a contributor in that as well. Mentioned the two doubles by Edmund and Dickerson, the home run by Albert, and then later on in the inning, Tyler O'Neill hits his 14th home run of the season. A big swing that ended up being necessary insurance because you'd given up that run by Ryan Helsley, who gets a save, but he's been a little bit shaky recently. Gave up a home run in Sunday's game in that bottom of the ninth. ERA up to 1.26. All's well that ends well, but something to keep an eye on. Where he had just been so unhittable, so infallible, and now that's maybe not the case as much. Cracks in the facade a little bit. Keep an eye on that as we move toward October, but still a trusted reliever in my book for what the Cardinals are doing. But yeah, that ends up being a big swing by Tyler O'Neill. And something the Cardinals, when you do get to October, I'll reiterate it again because I've talked a lot about it. They need Tyler O'Neill to be more like that guy that can provide that sort of power punch at any given time. And it hasn't really been the case the last seven days. That's the lone home run. He's four for 22. That's a below 200 batting average. Not a lot of slugging going on. Uh, He had just come off that really good stretch, though, in the prior seven or eight days where he had hit five home runs, you know, you hit a bunch in a row and you feel like you find it and then you go on a little bit of a lull. So maybe this is one that can bring him back out of it. The Cardinals are just looking for that day-to-day consistency. He's a guy with so much raw ability. He captured it lightning in a bottle last season, trying to find it again on a more regular basis. But to have the OPS climb up to now 700 is notable because he had been below that for much of the season. So Tyler O'Neill gets that big swing. Cardinals get the insurance run that they needed. The only reason they were in that position to begin with, though, was because of the pitching. Jose Quintana, five and two-thirds innings, gives up one run. It's a walk, four hits, very calm, collected day for him. No home runs allowed, four strikeouts. That's what you want to see from Quintana, and I know it's just against the Pirates. Good to see, though, against his former team. That's the team that traded him to St. Louis, so he's very familiar with the guys over there from earlier this season. Those are the kinds of outings, though, that I feel like, yeah, that'll play in the playoffs if you get into a, a, a bind you don't feel good about Jack Flaherty 
because he didn't strike out anybody in his last outing. He was allowing base hits. He wasn't efficient in the strike zone. Those things that you just can't afford when you get into a playoff series. You know Dakota Hudson's been in Memphis and is not probably factoring into your plans the rest of the way this season. I mean, you might see him again, but it, it would only be kind of in a case of emergency, I would have to think, especially in terms of the rotation. Unless they were just that last week of the season, they really had it locked up and they were trying to save some of their guys for whatever reason. I, I just think that's sort of where they've landed on on Dakota at this point. So I don't think he's going to be factoring in above a, a Jose Quintana if he's not here right now. And you really end up looking between Quintana and Flaherty and going, well, what's a safer play? Right now it really might be Quintana. Flaherty's got more to prove before I can even begin to to entertain the discussion that it could be him. And by the way, just a real quick screw you to minorleaguebaseball.com. It's impossible to find anything on there. I'm trying to look up some data for Dakota, see how he's been doing at least. I know he had that eight and two-thirds innings outing. I don't think he's been super great since then, but I, I'm looking up his player page, and I'm it's 1.30 in the morning, and I'm not even going to bother with it. He's got a 1.71 ERA overall with them. So doing a little bit of quick math, that tells me he gave up a few runs in his more recent outings after that eight and two-thirds scoreless. But nothing shows up on here because it's just a complete and utter joke. So never mind. That was just a uh, a quick aside that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I was just irritated by it, so I, I told you about it. But nevertheless, I'm looking at Quintana. I'm looking at Flaherty, and that's sort of the battle that I think will be waging over the remainder of the season. But for me, Quintana's in the driver's seat right now. Flaherty's got the upside in the high-end ceiling to overtake him, but you're getting steady Eddie right now from Quintana, and if you get into a spot where you need a fourth starter in an NLDS, right now that's my guy. I like the way that he's uh, he's been able to acquaint himself in, in recent times. I know he hasn't turned into the quality start machine that I hoped. That was one where I missed on it. I thought he would be getting consistently into the 6th and 7th, but as I mentioned yesterday and in, in recent days talking about Quintana, he hasn't needed to do that, and he won't need to in a playoff setting where you're just you're going to go to the bullpen after five anyway, unless it's one of your ace pitchers that's getting deep into the game. So I don't worry too much about that. I don't think Cardinals fans should either, and we'll kind of see the way that breaks down uh, the rest of the, the season. Off day on Monday, I think it'll be good for the Cardinals before they welcome in the Brewers. Milwaukee is off Monday as well, so that eight-game lead will remain intact heading into the series. Right now, no announced pitcher for the Brewers on Tuesday. It's going to be Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals in that game on Tuesday. He's looked really sharp. Another chance to build upon that and to do so against a contending team. The team that the Cardinals would love nothing more than to sort of push out of their mind and into the rearview mirror by winning a couple of games this week. Because if you beat the Brewers twice, you're up 10 games. Like, it's already over in my mind, but that would really put the final nail in the coffin of Milwaukee, you'd have to think, would do a number on the magic number, which is continuing to shrink. Eh, it's not below 10 yet, though, so I'm not really going to spend a lot of time talking about it. But certainly Montgomery would like his chance. And then Wednesday, that's the one. Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina should be number 325 for their career to overtake. They're currently tied with Freehand and Lolich. That would be the one that overtakes that duo from the Detroit Tigers back in the day for the all-time MLB record. So a lot of fun stuff potentially coming up for the Cardinals this week. With that going on, the Brewers series in general is big given the implications in the division. And Albert's chase for 700. So keep it locked right here on B-Shape Daily because we'll be breaking all of it down here on the show.
Appreciate you guys for joining me as always. Make sure to subscribe once again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and check out the Patreon if you're interested. Patreon.com slash for 12 That is going to do it for this edition of the show. And we'll talk to you next time on Shafe Daily. Peace.